0: Christian Medical and Dental Associations hope you enjoy today's chapel message. The topic that I have chosen for today, I uh, actually had picked before uh, this this diagnosis hit me. So. Uh, I, I've obviously kind of weighed in and, and dealing with this a, a slightly different way, um, but uh, I had chosen this maybe three or four weeks ago, uh, and, and it's uh, even though I've entitled it The Marks of the Wise Person, I need to first of all make clear that uh, this is not from me. I actually got uh, the basic outline from Tim Keller, and this is the book that I'm going through uh, right now in my devotions, um, and he just does a terrific job. I, last year, I went through a similar book on uh, where he dealt with uh, the Psalms on a daily basis, and uh, this year, I'm going through Proverbs. So that's the basis of the talk I want to give today, and, and really what we find is that there are six marks of wisdom, and they are all alluded to in the third chapter of Proverbs. And so the first one is, is the, uh, in verse five, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's uh, so critical. That's verse uh, five in that. And of course, if you know me in my past talks, I have uh, typically made a practice of trying to, drill into the word. So the first mark of wisdom is found in those who trust in the Lord. And the term trust is is actually in Hebrew is a term called batak, I think is how you pronounce it. And it's a verb. It's an ongoing action. And for many years, uh, I and my family attended a a church where the pastor would regularly, almost weekly, give a an evangelistic message. And so he most commonly talked about this trust as the initial trust that we have in Jesus, which of course is very important, uh, and that we place our faith in him and his death on the cross as penalty for our sins. But what I found is that he didn't often emphasize the fact that trust is an ongoing action. It's something that needs to happen on an ongoing basis with all of us. And it's interesting to to learn too, that the word is derived from uh, when people would be conquered uh, or the the Hebrews would conquer somebody else, they would have the people, they would throw themselves down on their face before uh, the, the conqueror. And they would submit to them, and they're actually literally placing their trust in that leader. And what Proverbs is telling us to do is that is the attitude that we should have with our Lord. That when we talk about trusting, we're talking about throwing ourselves down before them in, in a way to, um, that, that is an absolute form of trust. It's an ongoing, active submission of our lives to the Lord. And you know it's it's uh, I think early on in my walk with the Lord, I had a a difficulty getting the difference between uh, what we hear about believe and what really constituted as true belief in the Lord. And it really does revolve around the word trust. And my brother was a police officer for many years in the city that we grew up in. and I remember, vividly talking uh, to him one time as he was getting ready to go to work because we had been over for dinner and, and he ap- happened to be on the night shift at that time. And as he was getting ready, he put on a bulletproof vest. And I, I realized, and I've used this illustration before, that that you know it's one thing to believe that a bulletproof vest will stop a bullet. But it's a very different thing to actually put on the bulletproof vest and have someone take a shot at you. That's when you trust. And that really is, to me, one of the best pictures for what we do in our relationship with the Lord. We don't just believe that He is the Son of God or that He died for our sins on the cross. We literally place our lives into His hands and and put Him in complete control of everything, and thus our trust in Him, So it is a dying to ourselves, and, and I think this is really what it means uh, when Jesus says that that we, if anyone would come after me, in Matthew 16, 24, he says, let him take up his cross and follow me. And, and it's a dying to ourselves. It is a full trust in the Lord and that he is con- in control of our lives. So that is the first mark of wisdom is when we have completely uh, trusted in the Lord and and given our lives to him. The second is found uh, and alluded to in this one, and that is in this verse, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. In other words, the second mark of wisdom is that we trust, not just trust in the Lord, but trust in the Lord with all of our life, our life entirely. And I think probably the best way to approach this is to uh, really talk about our, you know, wh- what would it look like? What would it feel like? And, and the best test, I think, in terms of whether or not we are trusting the Lord with our entire life is, is looking at our emotions, or I would say actually lack of certain emotions. If we are fully trusting the Lord with all aspects of our life, then we will rarely, if ever, experience anxiety. We should never really experience worry. And so if in our day-to-day walk with the Lord, we are regularly experiencing anxiety or worry or concern and our, our thoughts keep going to something One particular person or an aspect of our life, then really what's happening underneath is that we haven't fully trusted the Lord with all of our life. Because when we do that, and when when we say to the Lord, Lord, I am yours completely, and we recognize, number two, that the Lord is absolutely, completely in control, then there is nothing to worry about. He's he's in control, he is he's looking out for what is best for us. There is no need to worry. There's no need to be anxious. And uh, we would begin to then experience or should experience an ongoing peace. Or as the Old Testament talks about, it's really a form of shalom, which is a complete resting, a complete uh, feeling of contentment and rest in the Lord. So that's the second uh, mark of wisdom. The third is alluded to in verses seven to eight, where the writer of Proverbs says, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So in other words, the third mark of wisdom is to be open to advice from others. And I think this is even more explicitly mentioned in Proverbs 12 where the writer says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And I think that one of the greatest detriments to wisdom really is, is pride. Uh, it can keep us uh, from uh, recognizing that that there may be a, a a better way to go. And I think that's why I'm so, so Impressed with how CMDA itself is set up, we have so many different ways and different groups of people that that leaders such as I or or Mike can turn to others for for advice, uh, looking to, for instance, uh, the president uh, or the board of trustees, or we have wisdom in, in other leaders like Dave Stevens and Jane Rudd, and and this this helps all of us that are in current leadership positions to really take a step back and not just depend on ourselves and, and think about our own uh, thoughts and our own ideas about a particular decision, but to also consider uh, getting the advice from others, especially on those decisions that are of critical importance. So again, the third is to, um, is to look for and, and gain advice from others. Number four, is honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruit of all your crops, then your barns will be filled overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And what that's referring to is the mark of generosity. And I think this is a mark of wisdom because it really goes back to uh, the, the second mark, and that is the trusting in the Lord with your entire life. It's very difficult to really be generous with our time, with our money, with our belongings, if we don't fully trust that the Lord is going to provide for us. And so we will not be generous until we reach a place in our life when we are fully trusting in the Lord, that he will provide for all of our needs at at whatever time. And and just to give you a, a, a testimony of how the Lord has done that in my life, Many of you are aware that uh, I, I stopped the full-time practice of OBGYN when I was in my mid forties to begin doing full-time ministry with CMDA. And uh, when I did that, I ended up later making an arrangement with my partners. I had started a practice of OBGYN in a smaller town in Ohio. And when I quit, we there were two partners and then I recruited a new one in actually with the help of Rose Courtney, And so there were three full-time OBGYNs, and and I worked out an arrangement where I would see patients in the office, just doing office gynecology, for one day a week and sometimes one and a half days a week. And I really didn't know how much money that would generate for us and whether it'd be able to support us. But, But as a testimony to the Lord's faithfulness to us, I was absolutely amazed at the amount of income I was able to bring in by only working one and a half days a week. And in fact, it got to be so much that my partners became jealous because they would generate these reports every month as to how much income and and my amount was was really not that much less than theirs. And and they would look at me and they'd say, how did you do this? I'd say, listen, it's the Lord. But it actually got to be a problem because it created a little bit of jealousy among them. And so I just mentioned that because as I watched that unfold, I just recognized that it was the faithfulness of God and and his support of my work in, in ministry with CMDA to bring in that income and allow it to support uh, my family, even though I was only working one and a half days a week. So in order to be generous, you have to have that that experience of God that He will take care of you and and will provide for you even in the midst of of c- cutting back on income like I did or cutting back on on work time. So just a great testimony to the Lord there. Number five, and this relates to my current situation, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. And so I I guess I, first of all, want to notice here that that this and other scriptures never talk about the, the possibility of suffering. It's always in terms of the fact that eventually it will come. So the fifth mark of wisdom is the ability to suffer well when it does come. And we just have to remember that, that and there are lots of different ways that we may be suffering. We may be suffering uh, through the loss of a loved one or the illness of a loved one or the illness ourselves. And, and so the mark is not so much as avoiding uh, suffering because you can't do that. It's really, how are you gonna deal with the suffering when it comes your way? And I've talked to many of you about this verse, which is one of my favorites in the New Testament, and certainly one of my favorites in James, where James just just writes some amazing words. And he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, or other translations will say endurance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so James is saying, you know, don't, don't put a positive spin on it. Uh, don't, don't, don't put on a smiley face when you don't feel, feel it, but consider it pure joy when you face trials. And, and that's, a, that's a hard concept to grasp. Uh, and I'm reminding myself of that right now because it really gets to the point where we begin to move towards developing, I think, an eternal perspective. And this is a perspective, I really like. the terminology of Randy Alcorn, uh, who was one of the first to kind of develop it. But instead of just focusing our, our lives on ourselves and being concerned for our own comfort, that we, we really try and look around outside of ourselves. What is God doing? Uh, what is important to God? What is our place in this world, in this life? And also to think about the life that we have lying ahead of us. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely astounding. I don't think we have the words to describe what awaits us in heaven. And so the overall goal For for God is to get us ready for that, and so that's why James says, "Consider it pure joy when you go into these times of testing or these trials, because God is going to be at work in you to accomplish great things." And so I'm trying to keep that in mind with with the um, the suffering that I'm going to be enduring with chemotherapy and all of this, and and uh, and I'll pray ask you to pray for reminders on this for on my part, but. Our goal is to try and suffer well. And then lastly, the sixth mark of wisdom is to is found here in verses 27 to 28, where the writer says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you today. So the, the sixth mark is a concern for justice. We uh, we're not talking about, of course, the current fad of social justice that is looking to to. Uh, increase uh, the equality with uh, sexual minorities, for instance, uh, when we're talking about biblical justice, we're really talking about involving four different groups of people that, that were always on God's heart all the way through the Old Testament. And that is those who are orphans or are, um, don't have really good parents. Uh, second is those who are widows or are alone, the poor, and then the refugees. And and so I think it's important for us. And I know that CMDA has many different ministries to all four of those groups. It's one of the reasons I'm just so uh, glad to be part of an organization like that. But I think it's also important for us each individually to periodically ask the question, Lord, what do you want me to do? Which which one of those four categories—orphans, widows, poor, refugees—do you want me to somehow be engaged with, in my in my personal ministry, or at least the ministry through my local church? And it's something for us all to keep in mind. So, just to briefly wrap up, then that these are the the six marks of wisdom. It's first of all that that it's somebody who trusts in the Lord. It's somebody who doesn't just believe, but has placed their life at the foot of the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ and lives their life that way. And they trust in the Lord, secondly, in all their ways and every part of their life. Thirdly, they're open to advice, especially in major decisions in their life, especially things like direction, uh, when important decisions need to be made, uh, they're They're looking for others uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord that will help them to make the right decision. Fourthly is they're generous and they're generous because they have fully trusted in the Lord and they recognize that the Lord will provide and and the Lord will use them as a conduit to bless others. Fifth a mark of a, a wise person is somebody who is able to suffer well, somebody who is able to understand that behind the suffering, God is trying to accomplish something in your life. Uh, and that something is going to be to make you, as James says, more complete, um, closer to him and able to, to have a more full eternal perspective. And lastly, uh, the mark of a, somebody who is wise is someone who is concerned for justice, uh, especially those that are uh, Uh, perhaps not with the best parents, or our uh, foster kids, um, those that are widows, those that are poor and struggling on the margins, and those that are refugees from another country. So let me uh, close this out in prayer, and then I do have a a song that I'm hoping that I can uh, get up for everybody, and we will uh, do that. And then uh, have announcements. Trying to do too many things here at once, but uh, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the wisdom that you give us in the scriptures. I thank you uh, for the example, Lord Jesus, that you gave us in your life and that you gave us uh, through the apostles and other writers of the New Testament through the empowering of your Holy Spirit. And I know that there are areas in each of these that I struggle with, and I know that those listening also struggle. I just pray, Father, that you, through your indwelling Holy Spirit, will let us see where we need to grow in wisdom, where we need to grow in our trust of you. I just pray that you will reveal the parts of our lives where we are not fully trusting in you, I pray that you will help us to see where we need to be more generous in our time and with our money, our finances. I pray that you will help us, all of us, to deal with the suffering that comes into our lives in a way that brings you glory and honor. And Father, I pray as well that you will uh, reveal to us ways that you want us to be engaged more in the whole issue of justice, so that we can bring you the glory and the honor that you so richly deserve. And we ask that all in Jesus' name. Amen.